Woke up feeling like the walls caved in. Fought to the death, never gave in. Right that on the grave that I get laid in. Heaven, hell, free jail, same shit. County jail, bus, slave ship, same shit. Wise man once said that a black man better off dead, so I'm war ready. War ready. Hello from Hollywood and welcome to the Greatest Show on Grass podcast. I'm your host and ringmaster, Joshua Newman, and I'm joined today by Tanisha Singleton. The Greatest Show on Grass explores the past, present, and future of the recently reborn Los Angeles Rams. And if you hear construction sounds in the background, no, we're not at the site of the Rams' new stadium. We're once again recording from my Ram cave, and it Sounds like our neighbors are building a stadium of their own. Today, we'll discuss episode five of HBO's Hard Knocks. But first, let's talk about episode one of the 2016 NFL season. Rams head to uh, Santa Clara to play our... uh, Rival Santa. The reason I'm slowing down is just I can't believe this day has uh, yeah. finally come. I love it. Episode one. It's it is, and it's so exciting because it's it's real now. You know. Yeah, we had the announcement January twelfth. We had OT. We had the draft. Yeah. We had OTAs. We had mini camp, training camp four, uh, exhibition games. Yeah, hard, hard knocks. knocks and now, but now finally. On the biggest stage that the NFL has to offer Monday Night Football, as the Rams head to uh, the Bay Area to do battle with their arch nemesis, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, beat L.A. will never the, the chant <laughs> "Beat L.A." will never sound so good. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's fun. There's so many storylines that have to come from this: the NorCal, SoCal, 49ers, Rams history, Berman. Steve Young being up there as our color commentary is driving it in the, uh, you know, this is for the second game. There's two games um, on Monday night, but this being the late game, we get that privilege here on the West Coast. There's just more eyes. It's more attention. And it's everything that has the Rams have kind of expected. And now it's real. We've been talking about this now for months leading up to this. And I remember I asked you when you went to the first preseason game out here, when do you think it's going to feel real? When do you think it's not going to be a novelty anymore, like a homecoming? And when is it going to start to feel like a real football team, a real football season? And this coming up on September 12th, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's definitely been amazing to watch the, the team in their uniforms on the field again, playing for Los Angeles. But the exhibition season, I mean, you know, it's, you know, a mixture of guys who are going to make the team and guys who are kind of like, um, you know, on the cusp of really mm-hmm. belonging in the league. It's a bit of a reality show to quite frank, to be quite totally. honest. And, and so Monday night is reality mm-hmm. uh, setting in. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm tickled silly. I think this, these teams have incredible history with each other. They have incredible history with each other on Monday night. Um, I think it would have been cool if, Um, Jared Goff had been ready for Mm -hmm. this game wearing his hero Joe Montana's number 16 and heading into the Bay Area Mm -hmm. playing the 49ers historical nemesis Um, but I think a lot of good things came out of the preseason 
Um, more good than bad, actually. Mm-hmm. I think the Ram fans are focusing a lot on their disappointment about Goff yeah. uh, being the third string quarterback, not even being active going into this game, but so much uh, to be psyched for. No, no real serious injuries the entire preseason. I think Greg Robinson's improvement is um, something that's going uh, much overlooked. That is a that's huge importance to this offense, to this team. Um, to the direction of this franchise, they spent a lot on that pick. Uh, they invested a lot in him. Um, he's the blind side of Case Keenum to start the season. He probably will be the blind side, covering the blind side of Jared Goff towards the end of the season. I think that's a huge thing. I think Ogletree's transition to middle linebacker seems to be uh, pointing towards success. I think... Um, uh, EJ Gaines coming back. I don't think he's going to be ready to start this game, but mm-hmm. he's looked okay in the preseason. And the Tavon extension. The Tavon extension. Yeah, I mean, that one, You're I could like, go... Me, I, you can go either way on I that go either one. Way. Yeah. How, what are you... Uh, what, what are you thinking about this week? I'm excited about all of it. And there's just a lot of meaning behind Monday Night Football. And it's such a social, it's such a common ritual in, you know, social and domestic spaces. you got friends in bars. You've got routines. You've got family at home. And this being like the West Coast game, I think the NFL is putting a lot on the Rams. And it's it's a marker in the week, you know, to look forward to something that holds a lot of different meaning for a lot of different reasons across the board. The Rams have played 57 games on Monday Night Football, winning 26 and losing 31. Their first first time on Monday Night Football was uh, in October of 1970 when they lost 13-3 to to the Vikings. And their last time on Monday Night Football was uh, October 13th, 2014, against the 49ers uh, when they lost 31-17 in St. Louis. Colin Kaepernick, by the way, we, we devoted an entire episode to him. Um, he shredded the Rams that day, going 22 of 35 for 343 yards, three touchdowns, and 123.9 passer rating. But probably, uh, probably he's not going to see much right. action in this game. I would be, I actually wouldn't be shocked if they found a way to get him in, just for the 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 story, the the narrative of it all. He's gonna have to get a snap or two. I'm not going to be surprised if he does. Um, especially it being up there in the Bay, it's, you got to find a way to get him the ball. If you're, I think the, the, the NFL, um, I, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, on the one hand, I think it would make for a great storyline. It it would, it would. I think, um, look, the last game of the last season, um, the 49ers beat the Rams in overtime. So this is actually kind of a. Um, the last game the Rams played mm-hmm. as a St. Louis team was against the 49ers. And now they are playing the 49ers. It's in open. Yeah. Um, Gabbert played really well in that game through for a career high and passing yardage. Um, and I also don't, I don't like the idea of like, if Kaepernick comes in, the Rams are going to be positioned as like the team defending the yeah. American flag, and that sort of makes me feel a little bit. That's a good point. It's not fair. I, I agree with you. I don't like that the Rams. If he gets in there, then it's going to be like, oh, oh, okay. So the Rams are 
pro <laughs> pro oppression all of a sudden if you're because everyone wants to cheer for the good guy that Colin has kind of rebranded himself to become. Yeah. Um, so okay, so on the field, that's off the, a, lot, a lot of that Kaepernick stuff. Yeah, it's totally off, off the, the field. field. So on the field, what do you what do you expect to happen? I expect the Rams to go in there and win. Yeah, I expect them to get the win out of this, and I. I think Keenum's going to do really well. Um, I kind of expect later down the season, uh, Goff to, I kind of predict he'll start maybe after the bye, um, maybe after they play the Panthers. Um, it's just clear that he needs more reps. It's clear that he's not necessarily ready. Um, but Gurley's going to be the leader in this, and his name's going to be uh, all over the highlights in this game. And... I expect it to be tough. I expect that rivalry between these two. It's going to be no history lost between them for sure. So I certainly think that it's going to be a hard-hitting game, but I think the Rams are going to win. Last game, as I said, of 2015, the Rams lost to the 49ers in Levi's Stadium 19-16 to in overtime. It was a slog of a game. Uh, really two inept offenses more than two powerful defenses. Um the Rams have some subtractions, but most notably, they have one addition. Uh, um, Todd Gurley didn't play in that game, so that's a big, big, dif big difference in this in this one. And you know, on the other side of the ball, Chip Kelly um, is going to be the head coach of the 49ers this year, uh, famed for his offensive conditioning, high tempo. High tempo. Uh, throw the hell out of that ball. Probably, apparently, uh, Carlos Hyde is in the best shape of his life. Um, he had a strong year last year. Um, you know, I think Rams are stronger on defense. Um, mm -hmm. Rams might even be stronger on offense. So I, I, I kind of agree with you. Also, Aaron Lynch, their best uh, pass rusher, is out for the first four games with a uh, with a, a, a suspension. So. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the Rams' wins this year. Mm -hmm. uh, I would hope it would be. Um, if it's not, uh, they've got a real, a real uh, mountain yeah. to climb. The 49ers are two and a half point favorites, probably because they're, they're at home. At home. Uh, I would definitely go go with the Rams um, uh, as well. Um, while we're on the subject, let's 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 talk predictions. The the Los Angeles Rams are a hundred to one. Hundred to one. I was about that. What is to it to win the Super Bowl? Hundred to one. Hundred to one. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, uh, although I'm tempted to lay a hundred bucks on that um, and, and walk tempting. out with ten thousand, uh, I don't think uh, the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl this year. No. I. I um, well, what's your prediction? Record. Give me a record. Eight eight. I think they're going to be eight and eight. eight, and eight. When I went through it, I kind of see them going into the bye at like four and three. And that's when at that point, you know what, let's just finally get the kid in there and see what he has. Um, get some extra time to understand the playbook, get every, get his feet wet a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'd never had Super Bowl as, you know, uh, aspirations for this team. I think that's realistic. I don't think that's being a hater. I think that's just being honest. Um, there's certain teams that kind of know that, but they don't want to say it out loud because that that's self-deprecating a little mm -hmm. bit. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not a Super Bowl team. It's like, oh, I'm not good enough. But it's like, or you're just being a realist. Um, and that's what I'm doing. I'm being a realist. And I think they're going to go eight and eight, nine, seven at best. 
I um I think this year we're gonna weed out the bandwagon fans from the totally. diehards. Uh, I'm not sure um, that's what the team wants to be doing. I think the team just wants as many fans as they can they can get. So I think we're looking at a four and twelve mm. year. I think we're gonna beat the teams in our division once. I was about to say, yeah, looking and for the And then split. I think we're gonna beat Carolina. So and I think we're gonna have a very high pick in the next year draft that we then send to someone uh, uh well or, no it's already sent to, oh that's right. because yeah. of the golf mm-hmm. uh, trade it's going to the tennessee titans i think uh they're it that golf deal i didn't like it when it was made uh i think he's going to be a good quarterback so i don't think he's a jamarcus russell but i think uh it's going to sting still for a little bit mm-hmm. i think um yeah i don't think four and twelve is even an outrageous thing to say i think the outrageous part is that Fisher's probably going to get an extension. <laughs> um, and I think one other thing I'll predict, I think that extension will be contingent upon him uh, firing his offensive coordinator and um, bringing in somebody with a more modern approach to 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 the vertical game, I guess. Rob Boring is not going to... Uh, make it i think maybe not through this season even um i you know i'm mystified to this that he's been here this long he's oh he's a fisher guy he's a crony he's a patsy for fisher basically he just does what fisher wants and um fisher i think needs somebody more dynamic who would who will challenge him and um challenge some of his more conservative tendencies Mm -hmm. um I like Fisher as a head coach, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I do think the Fisher-Boris combination is is a very bad one. If there was ever a time to hit the refresh button, it would be now. So, yeah, you're predicting a contingency plan, fire your OC or you're out. And it's probably one that, you know, putting on this Cleo hat that he would probably take. Yeah. I would take that yeah. deal, you know, but... It's interesting. So you want to see more of a high tempo offense or I one much more see the balanced? Ball. I want to see the field stretched, mm-hmm. even even if it means more interceptions, even if mm-hmm. it means a lower completion percentage, Show me even if trying. it means leaving your quarterback vulnerable to a pass rush. I want to see the field stretched. I didn't see a single pass over 10 yards and I, this preseason. And I watched the game pretty closely. I'm mm-hmm. a pretty big Rams fan. Mm-hmm. I take these games pretty mm-hmm. seriously. I don't know if they even have a play design that goes farther than 10 yards. Uh, that could be because they don't think their they're wide receivers, wide receivers are good it. enough. They can beat their men downfield. Um, it could be because they're saving those plays for the regular season. Um, it, and they don't want to reveal too much in the preseason. It could be for a lot of reasons. But uh, this team, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just have a firm belief that defenses worry more when mm-hmm. there's 80 yards to think about than 20 yards to think about. And I also just don't have faith that they can even execute a 10 yard play. So what, you know, uh, so, um, and I think their history too, like you said, uh, we've talked about before about them being, yeah, the worst in third down conversion. So it's all these little short gains and then nothing. uh, Throw an incomplete 50 yards down the field once in a while. And I bet you those 10 yard completions are going to, those right. third down conversions are going to be a as long as they're short, a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot higher percentage afterwards because you're giving the defense something to think about.
In our final segment, which we call Film Study, we dissect an episode or scene from a film or TV show that prominently features Los Angeles Rams. Thankfully, there are thousands to choose from, many of which we've chronicled on our greatest show on Grass Tumblr. You heard that song? That was the theme song from Hard Knocks. This week was the broadcast of the fifth and final episode of the HBO series, I feel like the Hard Knocks producers really had their work cut out for them. Lots of things going on uh, for the Rams. Um, In essence, the show is about um, dreams getting crushed, right? It starts with training camp and ends with the final cuts. And that structure, you know, makes for, you know, limited possibilities with the narrative. Mm -hmm. Hearts are going to be broken on that last episode. But at the same time, um, we're trying to celebrate the return of a beloved franchise a glamour team and um that can sometimes feel like two incongruous tasks um to on this final episode we saw a lot of those dreams crushed yeah um, we saw you know fan favorite uh eric Cush pack, packing up his tank tops i know but it's but he got picked up by the bears immediately after apparently which i just you know when you get to know these characters uh, and these personalities, and I say characters because they're not just NFL players. I mean, these are human beings. These are kids playing a game. And this really highlighted their off-the-field personalities. And it just shows, you know, that these guys are kids at heart. Yeah. I mean, we saw them playing Pokemon Go over this whole season. We saw them uh, rolling carts around on accident. We see them... Uh, interacting with mermaids and going on field trips. I mean, these are characters. Um, And yeah, and it was a really emotional episode because when you have to cut 22 people and make a 53 roster, it's a business. So you're you're reminded of that very, very quickly. And you go, oh no, like for a fan that, or somebody watching that, you know, doesn't understand that aspect of it, they'd probably get pissed. They'd probably be like, oh my God, like how did you cut, you know, the tank top guy? Like how'd you cut the guy with the kid? And, you know, on Austin Hill, like how'd you cut, you my God, like, Say I was nephew. Like, how do you cut him? It's like maybe they're just not that good. Yeah. Like, sorry. At the end of the day, this is still a business, and that's rough. And this is just one team out of thirty-two. So they can make the practice squad. They can go somewhere else. Um, it's it's rough. It's rough. And I certainly felt it too. Like every time, what they call him, the Grim Reaper, Rock, their strength conditioning coach, like walking around, and it's like, oh god, <laughs> there's death right there. Oh man, is he gonna call my name? And he's like, "No, you're safe." It's like, "Whew!" Like, I certainly, you know, like the, that heartbeat was like, "Oh man, like, here he comes." Is he gonna cut him? Is he gonna cut him? So it was an emotional episode. I think overall, it was a great season. Um, I've enjoyed all of the Hard Knock season. This one's one of my favorites, obviously, because I recognized all the places that they went yeah, to was, out here. That was something I wanted to ask you. I, you know, I admittedly I haven't watched Hard Knocks. Um, this was the first season. I watch, I mean, I watch everything with the Rams in it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, how did this season fare uh, compared to earlier seasons? It was, it was a, it's a good season. Uh, what we didn't have this one that you had in some others was like severe off the field issues, um, like criminal stuff. Uh, like I remember one of the, when they had the Dolphins and Chad Johnson Ochocinco was there and he was arrested on, I think, a domestic violence thing or I can't remember what the actual charge was but he got cut instantly like after he was released on or you know after he got out on bail he was cut instantly but it was one of those he was even I mean like arrested in house shoes like taken from his house and then 
he gets out on bail and then he goes into the coach's office and I forgot who the coach's name was at the time, but he sits in there and I mean, he's got his house shoes on. <laughs> like He just looks like he was dragged from jail wow. from his house and he's sitting there and they're like, we got to cut you. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, we can't have this happen. Like, even if it's a charge and nothing comes out of it, you know, and um, so there wasn't anything like high dramatic like that. I mean, they could have. They could have. Yeah, we were talking I about mean, Stedman. Trey, Mace, like, Trey Mason, Stedman Bailey. Mm -hmm. Even like Ian Seau gave him a chance to sort of like yeah. drift to the dark side of like the realities of NFL football. Yeah, they um, stuck really to the golf narrative, the number one pick. Um, they did, it, uh, you know, what I- They're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they acknowledged last week that, you know, he wasn't going to have a big um, starring role on this on this team. But I mm -hmm. think one of the things that this show did um, in an amazing way, in a way I really had my fingers crossed that it would, and and particularly on this last episode, but was to insinuate Los Angeles in the story. Yeah. I feel like Los Angeles was one they of the did. characters it here. It was. And, um, you know, this wasn't just about a team in a – you know, arbitrary place. This was about a team and its relationships to a city that it used to play in mm -hmm. and a city that, you know, many of its current players may not have ever been, but watching them explore that place and, and um, learn about how it's yeah. different. Than that was a big that part. That was really cool. I mean, the la I, 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 I love that final shot it was, or penultimate shot of uh case and kimberly keenum yeah walking uh, away walking with, with the hollywood the... sign in the back uh -huh. and case embraces kimberly and it's so improbable <laughs> even just five episodes ago i was saying how in the world can case keenum be the starring man i loved william hayes watching jimmy kimmel talk yes. about him on the yes. jimmy kimmel show and <laughs> say that he he was um gonna be jimmy's new favorite player yes i think a lot of people are gonna be saying that there was that there was that scene with um there was that scene with Nelson Spruce and Mike Thomas on the on the Hollywood Walk of Fame mm -hmm. at the very end in front of the the Chinese theater and it was you know it, they actually um reference the Walk of Fame in the opening credits so we re not only the Walk of Fame but also in a sense the the, the Hollywood sign so that we returned to both of those sites in the very end and Nelson Spruce and Mike Thomas uh uh, Nelson Spruce, a rookie free agent who made the team, and Mike Thomas, a, a, a late round draft pick who makes the team, are walking around, and um, it sort of seems like the tourists up there—they know that they're somebody because there's a camera following around right. them. That's and, typical. Um, and so, like Nelson Spruce tells some tourist that you know who that is, <laughs> <laughs> you know who I am. <laughs> says Mike Thomas is Chris Rock. Yeah, um, and they're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that's typical and it's i think you you hit it perfectly that la was a character itself in this over the five episodes and it was great and that's what i love about i think this season over i mean i'm probably biased that you know i like this recency bias as well in terms and la um of this being my favorite season um but just that recognizing everything and seeing these guys as tourists, like you said, exploring for the first time, it just adds to that connection. Are all of the seasons so poetic? Yeah, that's the drama about yeah. it. And it's HBO. So everything HBO is going to be I mean, the high. last line read by uh, Liev Schreiber, the Rams aren't expecting miracles in the City of Angels, but they know in Hollywood, happy endings yes. happen all the time.
Yeah. I mean, in, while that welcome home mm-hmm. or that we'll, we're home billboard is being painted mm-hmm. of, it's of poetic on the beach. It's poetic. Uh, and- I got goosebumps at that moment. And I, I just like, I love this series. I can't wait to till ease Hollywood and football. It's going to be a very different kind of docu-series. Sure. Um, I'm looking forward to Big Play Hayes appearing on the Jimmy Kimmel show whenever, <laughs> you know he's going. whenever that happens. Um, and yeah, I just, I, 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 I can't wait. Obviously, the, sh- the show I'm most looking forward to is uh, Monday, Monday Night, Night Football. Thanks for listening to The Greatest Show on Grass podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and spread the word to friends who enjoy football, Hollywood history, and the Los Angeles Rams.